Well, partner, here we go again. Another episode of our podcast and the round table, I like to, to call it. We got some special guests for our um, podcast today. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because, again, as a forensic person, you know, I like to, you know, as a detective and, and looking at forensic units, I like to see what they're going to bring to the table. Absolutely. You know, forensics has been a, uh, a hotbed issue, hotbed topic with media and television and shows and uh, I know we've all been on calls where people think that oh, yeah. we can do all the great things that they see on the 30-minute show that they get accomplished in 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, but today we have the people who both supervise and do the actual work. So exactly. it gives exactly. A, a different view to the public of who they are behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And we got two special guests that's going to be um, introduced in a moment uh, about their history with um, Chesapeake County Police Department. We got a Sergeant Cooper. And of course, we got one of our one of my best people, um, investigator, forensic investigator Coombs, that, that that is looking forward to telling us about her career because again, she was in our our, um, our our position at one time. Yeah, she has longevity in the department and uh, still working and still doing a great job for us. Yep. Want to introduce yourself first? Certainly, I'm forensic investigator Sandra Coombs. I have been with the department for. Just over 29 years. Okay. Good. Wow, that's great. <laughs> so you've seen a lot of changes in that 29 years. Definitely, definitely. Okay. Technology has come a long way is one thing. Uh, the science has improved. Who would have thought that we could get your DNA off of that water bottle 29 years ago? Right, Nobody right, thought right. that was pro- possible. Yeah, um, right. I mean, really, when I started as a patrol officer, that's where I started, having an in-car radio that you could pop out and take with you <laughs> on a call was <laughs> the newest tech thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, after that, um, I had a child, and he ended up being born prematurely, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of um, some responsibilities thrown at me, he, uh, his special needs, and I needed to work part-time. At that time, we didn't have the part-time police officer position, okay. mm-hmm. uh, but I did go to work in records okay. and worked there for a while. And once life kind of calmed down, the forensic position came available. It, that was kind of my goal to begin with as a police officer. It had transitioned to civilian, mm-hmm. and I was able to apply for it, and I've been in forensics now for 15 years. Okay, so you actually were in law enforcement uh, as a patrol officer for how long? Maybe a couple of years? About six years. About six years. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Now, did you have to do the forensic tech at that time? Did we have forensic techs? Actually, we did. We had that t- Back then, we had like one or two forensic detectives mm-hmm. who were sworn, and we had forensic techs, uh, UOB evidence techs, which we still have. Officers are able to go to our UOB tech road school and perform forensic duties to supplement our unit. They'll do everything from uh, simple mailbox vandalisms all the way up to natural deaths and suicides. Now, as far as education to be in forensic, did you have to, I understand you, did you go to college for forensic science? I didn't go specifically for forensic science, but it worked out. The college I went to, uh, now Mary Washington, or University of Mary Washington, Okay. Uh, they didn't have a criminal justice program. I figured out along the way in college that <laughs> criminal justice was what I wanted to do. Uh, but I continued with my biology program and actually have a BS in biology. Oh, awesome. Um, which actually transitioned well into the forensic world. Okay, cool, cool. Let's get to Sergeant Cooper. Let's get a little bit about your history. <laughs> yeah, I was born and raised in Chesterfield County. Okay. Um, graduated from Manchester High School in 06. Um, 
went to Longwood University, and Elliot actually got me out of there. I met him in the dining hall one day. He mm-hmm. was recruiting, so <laughs> I graduated. You were a baseball player. Uh, right? In high school, but high school. Not, yeah, not, uh, not in college. But, yeah, I met Elliot, and, you know, I'm from Chesterfield and wanted to come back and be a police officer. Uh, graduated in 2010, started the police academy about a week after graduation. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, it started pretty quick. worked out really well. Uh, I've been with the department for 12 years now. Uh, was promoted in December of 2017 to be a supervisor. And I took over the forensics unit in October of 2020. And that's okay. where I've been since then. Okay, so when you, as a patrol officer, what were some of your other duties as a patrol officer? Right, so uh, I was never a UOB tech. Okay. Uh, surprising <laughs> enough. So uh, <laughs> kind of went into the deep end with the forensics world. Uh, I, I was a patrolman for a while. I worked in the schools for a few years. Okay. Uh, did a little bit of time in the uh, crime prevention unit during the summers. Did it in the summer at the academy. So. Did a few different things, and I was able to get promoted out of the schools and went to the road. Awesome, awesome. So getting into where we are in this forensic thing, um, I know in investigations we we need you. Uh, I know the patrol officer needed you. Uh, so what are we doing now to make this, this unit? Well, you've seen it from the beginning, and if you want to go back over that a little bit to where we are now in, the, in, in forensics. Wow, we've come a really long way. <laughs> like I said, I believe we had two forensic detectives when I first started who basically did all of the major crime scenes. And, and when you say major crime scenes, what are, what are those? Essentially homicides. Okay. Uh, maybe some of the missing persons that get more complicated. Um, suicides. Things that suspicious, are born Yeah, suspicious deaths. Uh, or even something like a shooting that's mm-hmm. maybe nobody is... Deceased, but right. if there's a lot of different elements that going on, to it. Right. right, right. So back in the day, we had the UOB techs that supplemented the unit, and that was basically right at that time ha- what we had. Uh, again, we had folks that did fingerprints, uh, fingerprint al- uh, analyst, and now we have gone to. <laughs> Our forensic investigators are all civilian, which is nice because we can concentrate all of our training within our unit. Uh, we're not getting moved to other parts of the department. Mm-hmm. And all of our training stays with us. And we also have a video analyst, who one full-time, one part-time. We have two uh, Examiners who their sole responsibility is to analyze cell phones, and those two positions are sworn. Mm-hmm. We have two sworn officers doing that, and we also have a latent examiner who's okay. full time, along with uh, at fully staffed we have two sergeants and a lieutenant. So how many how many forensic investigators do you have all together without the sworn officers? Uh, ten forensic investigators. Ten. Um, okay. Okay. And so you have the 10, uh, Sergeant Cooper, and then not 24 hours? Yes. What type of shift do they work? So we, we cover the road or cover calls for service from 6 in the morning until 1 in the morning. Uh, but we also have an on-call schedule. So at any point in the day, if you need a forensic investigator, if any of those calls come out, we can provide you with somebody to come out there and process the scene. Okay. So we, we get in recruiting. We get a, go to a lot of universities. And, and one thing some folks said, I don't want to be sworn. I want to be a forensic tech. That's my major. I'm a forensic tech major. Um, so what do, we, what do we tell them how they can to, to better position themselves to be where you are? Should, can they come in as police officers and then once they get it, get, become officers, do a lateral transferring and be a civilian? 
I think that's happened in the past, and our our department does a great job. You know, we do have our civilian uh, road techs, but our civilian investigators, but we also have our UOB techs. So that's something if you want to be a sworn officer out the, out the bat and you do have a forensic thing that interests you, we'll, we'll put you through a week-long school, and we'll teach you how to be a forensic investigator, basically. Okay. You're still going to be a patrol officer. You're going to do some forensic duties, and that's something that can transition really well into the civilian side if that's something that you want to do and, and a spot opens up. But we do not have a lot of turnover in in uh, forensic tech investigators or for forensic technicians that are civilian. No, it's it's it, it's a very well seasoned unit. Um, yeah. Our people enjoy where they work. They work really well together, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't see a lot of people leaving. We've had one retirement since I've been there, and, and that's oh, really wow. it. And I know when those applications come in, we get a lot of applications from across the country for it. Yes. Uh, so I had the pleasure of doing that. It was probably like two months into the job. Um, the other sergeant and I got to go through 248 applications. Yes. Um, this wow. arranged. It was, an, it was actually international. We had people from Europe that were applying. Mm-hmm. Uh, California. Uh, we ended up hiring uh, one person from Michigan who's worked out really well and uh, a local person who was actually an ECC operator. And they're both doing great. They've been there for a little over a year. Well, edu- educate me on, on a case. Walk me through um, getting on the scene of a case. Hey, we have a shooting. We, we talked about shootings. I know being a detective, we get you, we get you out there. We, we call you. Walk me through your job as a forensic investigator. Pretty much you do your documentation. The documentation includes photos, notes, and sketches. And you have a checklist that you follow, and it makes it really easy. That way, there's a million things going on. If different people are asking you questions and you're getting receiving information, you've got that notepad, you're able to write things down and remember where you are. It's like follow the checklist. That is your best friend. <laughs> okay. I know, <laughs> and, you, I know you said we had, you utilize technologies come a long way. Do you utilize, like, 360 cameras or... Any drones, of the, drones, drones, I like the drones. Or any of the fast speed stuff that people see on television. What, how does that come into play? Yes, we we have recently started utilizing the drone, uh, the UAS, and it, it works out well. It a lot of times we used to use the have the plane fly over and take photographs from aerial photographs, and a lot of times in Chesterfield we have a lot of foliage, which is nice. Okay. But mm-hmm. when you're looking at a crime scene, you can't always see through the trees very well right. and the that drone being low level it really captures the scene a lot better okay so that that is one nice technology that has there's one thing they're kind of looking at with uh measurements with the drones that way we can do overall measurements using the thing from above to get a little bit of an overall picture uh, because people in court love pictures and videos and they kind of feel like they're there so that's something that could help us out in the future we're looking at. Okay, so you, you, you spoke about fingerprints, uh, you know, like me touching this um, um, plastic bottle. How advanced is that now? I mean, remember, I, I'm, again, in being an investigator, um, I remember, like, can we get a, can we, my excitement was, can we get a print off of certain surfaces? Yeah. Walk me through surfaces that we can get prints off of that we can help investigate a case. Right. A lot of what we get fingerprints off of are honestly, I think you'll have talked about larceny from autos recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh. uh, larceny from autos are great surfaces where we can get obtain fingerprints. That smooth metal on a car is beautiful um, as long as it's not pollen season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, people will touch the car, leave behind those 
uh, oils and amino acids on the car and the ridge detail and leave some lovely fingerprints that we can then compare. And mm -hmm. if they're in the system, then we can find out who, possibly who broke into the vehicle. Um, surfaces that aren't so good would be your textured surfaces. Sure. Um, you know, a stolen car, you think the person who stole it absolutely touched the steering wheel. 99.99% of steering wheels are textured. Mm -hmm. They're that plasticky or leather material that just are not good surfaces for holding fingerprints. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's kind of the difference. Your fabrics are not good surfaces to get fingerprints off of, but smooth surfaces, glass, plastic, metal, usually beautiful. Okay, okay. I know detective, detective Skinner, <laughs> I know Daryl just asked about being, uh, that's what happens when you work with someone who's been a detective 30 years, but I know Daryl asked about uh, being on the scene of a crime. What's the shortest amount or what is the longest amount of time oh, yeah. you've had to work a scene? Because we know from working here, the scene is... A, vital aspect to the conclusion of the case. Right. Mm -hmm. But we also know you all have a lab. We know that you have equipment in your lab. you got to store a document. You know, what's the longest? How does that work? I mean... We had a particular scene. There were... Uh, it was a double homicide with an additional person shot. It was um, mentioned... Called in the news a mansion party okay. where, you know, there was some shooting that happened. We were on scene there for four days. Right. Um, now, not 24 hours, but, sure. you know, basically 14, 16-hour days. And, and the scene is secure. So yes. even when your unit left, we leave... We have patrol officers patrol there. Patrol officers that are secure to yes. make sure it's still... Maintain the integrity of the right. evidence. Right. Yes. And then there were an additional four days where... Even though we mark the evidence on scene and it's sealed on scene, we still have to come back and we have additional uh, labeling that we need to do to submit it to our property section and paperwork that needs to be done. So it was an additional four days of documentation. documentation. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, so once, once you finish the crime scene and you can wrap it up and give it back to the owner, release the property back to them, or, or they just seen back to them. Now you prepare them for the next level, which is court. Yes. Mm -hmm. Walk me through, you know, your relationship that you have to have with the not only the officer, the detective, and your supervisor, but also the Commonwealth attorney. Right. The main thing is writing your detailed report right. and making sure that everything is up to par there, communicating with your detective. We are talking about what kind of lab submissions we want to make. Are we sending things for firearms, for DNA analysis? Uh, are, are there any items that we need to process for latents? Because we do most of our latent processing in-house. And then we are also, the lead detective and I, on, say, a homicide, would be conferring with whatever Commonwealth attorney is assigned making sure that we have all the lab submissions that they would like. And also collaborating with the state lab to make sure that they will accept all of the, the lab submissions that we want. Because sometimes they'll look at it from a different perspective and be like, maybe you should look at submitting this instead of this item. Mm -hmm. So they know which evidence is most probative. And then we'll, once it gets closer to time for court, we may be doing creating 
displays for court. Mm-hmm. Um, technology has also improved in the courts where they have large display screens and things. And with the digital photographs, they're able just to pop up those photographs on the scene on the screen, and which makes it very nice. The jury can see it, and everybody in the courtroom can see very well what's going on. Um, we may be doing final sketches, nice digital computer-generated sketches and blowing those up, doing a nice poster of those. Uh, we've, in the past, done, you know, put things in plexiglass mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for displays, um, create photo boards for the Commonwealth, um, also conferring with the Commonwealth on what evidence we need to bring to court. But you don't, you don't so. have a lot of communication with the, the victim themselves. Um, in a case, we you still leave that up to the detective to right. to, to, to do that in, right. interview and, and communication. Yeah, and kind of the way I like to describe it, we we collect the the puzzle pieces, right, and we kind of give it to investigations and the detectives to kind of put the puzzle together. Okay, okay, and with with the evidence and the lab results and the victim testimony or the victim statements and witness statements, the detective puts the whole case together. See, a lot of times the forensic investigators don't get the full um, credit that they, that, that they do, that they do need, uh, that they do deserve. They right. think the detective is doing all of that work, and we're not. I mean, they're not doing the work that we, especially when it comes down to forensic. So I want to thank you all because there have been a lot of times in court that I get in court, and I'm like, I have no clue Idea. Right. what's going on. But um, but she can answer all the questions that you need to know. Sergeant, your role in this, where do you, where do you come in at? Yeah, so on homicide scenes or you know major scenes like that, you know, I, I talked about I don't really have a, a past in forensics, so my job is to make sure they have everything they need. Um, and when you get on hectic scenes, a lot of times you have different people pulling you in different directions. Like mm-hmm. they could be working on a car or something like that, and then they want something from a house uh, collected. So my job is to be kind of the middle person between my investigators and, and the CID people usually to kind of let the, our people do their job and let them really focus on what they need to do because there's a lot of attention to detail with their job, and they, they want to make sure they're not missing anything. Um, so that's usually what I do, uh, you know, scene security. We have either barriers or tents we put up, you know, for victims so that, you know, they're not in the middle of the street or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. really trying to make sure that they're taken care of um, and making sure our people have everything they need. Okay. How many calls for service did you, did you all have last year? Do you have any idea? I didn't get that data, which is unusual, yeah, beforehand. Yeah, but no question. It's, it's a lot. If you think about our unit, they're really going to touch just about every case our department handles from, you know, homicides, traffic fatalities. It could be, a, like she's talking about mailbox vandalism. It's, it's a little bit of everything, you know. We have our hands in everything, and then you get the behind-the-scenes stuff when they're going to court and helping all these people out. Um, I remember we had one recently where Shorty and I went out at about 10 o'clock at night. Uh, I went home and got a little sleep about 2 o'clock in the morning. I came back, and I don't think she left until, like, 11.30 the next day. So wow. we, had, we had to shoo her away. So that's just, you know, it speaks to the work ethic of the people that we have in our unit. No question. They, uh, they love to work, and, and if they get on something, they don't want to stop. you got to kind of pulling back a little bit, and that's tough sometimes. And I think that there, this is unusual that we have civilian forensic techs in law enforcement, especially on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I know of a few other departments in our area and throughout the state who have, who have that, but a lot of departments still rely on sworn detectives as forensic investigators. Uh, what suggestions would you have for potential applicants as far as education yes. or getting yes. some ride-alongs or hand-on experience to make themselves available for the position. I know when I was previously in HR, 
when a position became available, a lot of people had the education, mm -hmm. but had no practical experience right. whatsoever. Yeah, speak going back to the 248 applications to try to you know sift through all that. Uh, it, it's mostly bachelor's degrees are better, uh, with the emphasis on forensic and forensic investigating. Um, one person we have is from West Virginia University. She did a great job of outlining exactly what she did in college, not specifically down to the courses, but like major projects she worked on. So we could see that, you know, she knew about you know chain of custody, uh, evidence mm. collection. She could really speak to that kind of stuff in the. Um, interview and that really made her stand out really well. So if you're interested in forensics and, and you want to be a non-sworn person, I would say look at the forensics world in college or, you know, if you're in, in between, you know, and you don't know exactly what you do, we have the PSA program, which is incredible. Yes. yes. Um, and our people put them through the same week, pretty much academy that our UOB techs get. So if you get to a point where you're coming into that interview process, you can talk about evidence collection. You can talk about, you know, chain of custody. You, mm -hmm. you pretty much, you were taught by our people. So... I would tell younger people who are interested in that they don't know exactly what they want to do yet. The PSA program is incredible right. for that type of stuff. Awesome. And do, go ahead, I'm sorry. And once they're here, do we offer them any continuing specialized continuing education through Virginia Forensic Science Academy or yes. the body farm in Tennessee or sculpting or what do we do to Speci continue to enhance their skills? Yeah, specifically, we like our people to go to the, the, the uh, Department of Forensic Science Academy. It's, it's a little tough to get into, but mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our people have gone through that. We're pretty open with our people. They, they like to do a little specialty stuff. We have one person who's been in Hanover the past three weeks at a, a fire investigation school. Oh. So he's kind of like our expert in that. Uh, Shorty does a lot with trajectory. Mm -hmm. um, we have one person who does a lot of latent, latent stuff. Um, one person can do cell phones. So it's pretty wide open. Uh, we let our people kind of explore what really makes them interested in forensics. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we do a really good job of making sure they get to the training that they want to go to. And, and our unit, like I said, it's like a family. They'll cover for each other, the cover shifts to make sure that people can go to the training they want to go to. Well, cool. Now, do we do we work with other localities in helping them um, with their forensic, uh, if they have a small, like, you know, I won't say any specific um, jurisdiction, but do we help other, other localities? There have been times uh, where we have gone to other jurisdictions to help them out. Okay, cool. And um, we've actually done training. Some of the neighboring jurisdictions wanted us uh, to do training. And we did UOB tech schools for them. Good. Uh, so that they could work on getting their forensic people up to doing Good. the same kind of thing yeah. that our, again, our officers I, I, do. We, we like to help others. Um, again, we, we like that, that partnership is, yes. is, is important for us. Um, so like, now we want to get into your wellness. I want to talk about how, what do you do? And we, we, Ellie and I, we always talk about things that yes. we try to keep our minds clear from sometime law enforcement and to our families and things. Like that. So what do you, Sergeant, what do you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. I have three daughters at home, so uh, they oh, take yes, up you a lot. Are. Yeah, <laughs> getting, your, getting your hair done, your nails done, yeah. makeup. I've shown up to an overtime gig with a princess sticker on my cheek before. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, so I spend a lot of time with my daughters, my family, and that, that, that's what really keeps me centered. We like to do, you know, we go for walks. Um, my daughters love to fish, mm -hmm. so uh, we have a family uh, bit of land we can go out there and fish in the pond. Just spending time with the family, just unwinding, you know, disconnecting a little bit. Yes. Um, yes. Making sure I can, you know, pay as much attention to them as I, I can and really be present with them. Good, good. And fa and family is very supportive of your your uh, occupation, your, yes, your yeah, career? Yes, they're great. And I, I come from a family of uh, public service. My dad was a battalion chief of Chesapeake County Police. So, okay. you know, I have that bond with him. He kind of knows some of the stuff we go through. I can talk to him sure. about a couple of things. Um, my wife did a great job. She um, she read some books and stuff recently. Mm -hmm. um, 
so she knows you know what to look for and make sure I'm doing okay. You know, if I have a tough day, I can talk to her about it. And, good, good. and she really looks out for me. She does a good job. Awesome, awesome. And this is going to be interesting here. <laughs> because we know your, your, your spouse. Yes, you do. Tell us about your time, your wellness. Well, basically, I am married to a retired Chesterfield County police officer. Uh, he did, I believe, 27 years in mm-hmm. law enforcement. He's still a police specialist with the department, so it's nice that he, he can work part-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, focus, the focus on family, um, faith, yep. and just, you know, kind of get separating yourself. I, I like to say compartmentalize. You leave those things at work. Um, but then again, even if it is something that is bothering me, I, I can talk to him. He kind of knows what goes on, so uh, I can talk to him about anything that's bothering me. Um, you know, if I do have a, a situation that I feel like I need professional help, right. sure, sure. Uh, we do have a department psychologist mm-hmm. who we can, you know, see. And as a matter of fact, in forensics, like twice a year in policy, we are supposed to either talk to the uh, department psychologist or have some sort of mental health training. Okay, okay. So we, we do t- provide that for our unit. But the one thing I do know about your family, you and your husband, y'all take a little trips every now and then and, and wind down, which is, I love that. And yeah. can 200, 200 jars of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I like to do some of those traditional skills. <laughs> um, you know, I, I enjoy crocheting. Yes, um, yes. That takes my mind off of it. Um, watching YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, canning and cooking, that that's kind of therapeutic Good. for me. It is, it is. Um, well, good. Anything you want to add as we close out? Uh, no, I mean, there's plenty of opportunities if you want to get into our unit. Um, it might not be right out the gate. If you want to go the Soren route, please come on down. Let us know you're interested. We'll, we'll put you through week-long school. If you're mm-hmm. not quite 21 yet, come be a PSA. You're going to get that trainer right out the academy. Right. Um, and if you just want to be a civilian, always apply, and we'll see if we have anything open up. Right, good. And you can see that, that, that folks stay here. Uh, once they come and get and get part of this family, they stay, and that's important for us because now they're getting the training that they need, and they're keeping it in house mm-hmm. to better our police department and our community. Which is, I do love that. Absolutely. Yeah, part of the, man, we we bam, we're knocking yeah. it out now. Yes, huh? they did. They did a good, great job. You know, forensics is a hot issue. Yes, it is. And uh, yes, people is. really like it. And I tell you, we have I think a second to none forensic right. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I yeah. can't be camped out anywhere for four days well, they doing the same me. thing over and over. They yeah. saved me, man. I'm telling um, you, they saved me in court. You know, I, I do like Shorty. Um, <laughs> Shorty's a nickname. <laughs> nickname, nickname, um, nickname. Said about being able to speak to Dr. Moss and having that mental health component. Mm-hmm. I think that goes right in line with our Colonel's wellness program. Right. And uh, it's vital. Right. It's, well, it's partner, vital. again, so. we're going we're gonna to shut it down because I know we went over. And again, our production crew is the bomb... They do what we do. Yes, uh, Mr. Rizzuti, Officer Dooley, doing a great job behind the scenes for us. But uh, we want to remind you that we are hiring police officers, and if you're interested in being a police officer or any other position with the Chesterfield County Police Department, you can go to joinccpd.org. Just joinccpd.org, and you can find us on social media outlets. Thank you awesome. so much. All right, great, great, great job, partner. Yes, great, great time. We'll see you next time.